0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more
1: shows at soundtalentmedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer i hope you guys have been having a great week i most certainly have i am doing something brand new today something special something that i'm excited about i am now starting a segment where i play a track from an unsigned band that i am a fan of this is my unsigned gem segment today's track is by a band that i used to play with Way back in the day before I was in Cryptopsy when I was in Three Mile Scream, my brothers from Montreal in Sinistry are back, and I am super stoked about that. I'm gonna play you one of their tracks right now. This is Dead to Me on Vox and Hops' Unsigned Gem. <laughs> love it i love it mad love and respect to my brothers who are finally back after taking i I think it's an over a 10-year hiatus they're back uh check it out people if you enjoy Sinistry, please go and check out all of their social media links which i have included in the description of this podcast go and follow them like them send them some love i am stoked to see where this unsigned gem ends up i have a specification about the upcoming episode you are about to listen to Something that is very important that I want you to understand. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, November 10th. So, this is over a week ago that I sat down to record this conversation. So anything that you are hearing in this conversation is not valid as if it came out today. So please keep that in mind. This was recorded on November 10th. So anything that is being said happened over a week ago and you will understand as the conversation goes on. On today's Vox and Hops episode, I am with Mike Lacouture of Broken Goblet Brewing. And Trevor Phipps, the vocalist of Unearth. Get ready, people. This is Vox and Hops, episode number
2: 204. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed.
1: Hey, what's up everybody? Today I'm with Mike Lacouture of Broken Goblet Brewing and Trevor Phipps of Unearth. I am super, super stoked to be with you both. Uh, I reached out to you wanting to have a chat with both of you because you guys are doing something super cool together. And it was something that I wanted to showcase, promo and talk about on Vox and Hops. Uh, before we get to that, though, let's uh, start with how I've been starting all my podcasts recently with a very simple yet complex question. We're going to throw this to each of you in turn. How have you been coping with 2020? You you take this one first,
3: Mike. Well, um, today one of our employees uh, was positive for COVID. Fuck. So this has just been, I mean, that kind of sums up the year. We thought we could maybe get through it uh, without that happening. And so it was just awful. And what it reminded me of was just how awful it's been for everybody in, in, in the brewing industry The music industry, the production industry, service industry, everything that's affected about how they've been having to deal with this and manage this nightmare from a financial perspective, from HR perspective, from every, you know, what do you tell the public? It's just, it's been awful. So Coping, we've been okay um, as a brewery, um, but we, you know, we were set up as a music venue brewery, which was the best business model ever until March 15th. And then it became the worst business model ever. So uh, all our money went into production Absolutely. and sound and lights and not into canning lines and stuff that you would need for takeout. So it's been rough, but we're, we're coping. We have a really solid um, fan base and people that care about us, and supporters. So they've kept us, kept us floating and kept us alive. Um, but it's been tough. So today sort of is encapsulatory of everything. COVID, COVID hits home today
1: absolute garbage and uh so sorry to hear that um that venue behind you is so cool i'm going to cover that in a bit but uh let's see how trevor has been coping with 2021
0: that looks like a nice venue when i'd, I'd like to play
1: it's it really cool
0: man um so we we we, we did a tour right through the, the very beginning of COVID, and we finished our last shows on february 29th in europe uh, so, and we played Milan on the 22nd. Uh, so we, we had some some time, some some experience with it um, right before it blew up over here. Uh, since then, the band's been you know on a slight hiatus. We haven't done a lot, but it's just recently been um, the fire has been kind of lit to, to write the, the next record. And we were talking a little while about doing um, uh, an online show, but then with, when the numbers started going up again, once we started that that, that dialogue. Um, there's been restrictions on who can travel um from where and our drummer nick lives in washington state our, our bassist chris lives in fort worth texas so it's, it's it'd be difficult to get them here without you know uh with following all the restrictions but it's something that we we're we're still trying to explore um and I have a bunch of ideas of, of how to do that and you know d- depending on how long this this uh anti-live show thing goes on um, until we can safely play um we might do some stuff online. But for now, the focus on writing a new record, um, at the very least an EP, just get, get new stuff out there. But besides coping, I uh, spent a lot of time with family, um, I have two, two, two young kids, um, and we did a lot of camping this summer. A lot of family time, a lot of home improvement as well. Um, been doing some, some side gigs to help make ends meet, and um, we're, we're still standing, doing well
1: we have to we have to and it is very very strange for us musicians to spend a whole summer at home but it's it's really nice to spend the time with the kids I got two kids as well two kids and uh, it's it's just it was a blessing to spend a whole summer at home versus slaying out all those festivals in Europe
0: it's you know for the the timing of it we were approaching probably the last six months of the album cycle for Extinctions Um, so it was almost a time where you get a little burnt out in a cycle Um, so it's The time with the kids has really um, helped soften the blow of of the madness of the world, you know, so I've been really soaking up that time.
1: special. It's special. Um, Let's dance into, you know, Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends and talking about their lives, music and craft beer. Now, Mike and Trevor, what beers are you guys going to be drinking and sharing with me tonight? Is it the same beer? Is it different beers? You start first, Mike. Introduce the well, beer. Well, I you're know drinking. it's not
3: the same beer because I um, this is the this is the Black Hearts Now Rain beer. Um, obviously, everything oh, went nice. crazy today, so no one's had this yet, and um, so I'm drinking the Black Hearts, a little bit over ten percent Russian Imperial Stout. How about you, Trevor?
0: Uh, I just finished pouring um, a spin back Rolling in Clouds. Uh, it's um, Finback is one of my favorite breweries because I'm, I'm an I'm a IPA guy, especially the New, New England style, more of the hazy. Um, I do appreciate West Coast, which if, if we make it to a second beer, I've got one in the freezer now chilling, um, called Bounce. Um, but I, I do go back and forth between uh, West Coast and, and uh, New England IPAs, but usually the hazy is, is my favorite. But uh, Broken Goblet did send me some beers, and uh, their oatmeal stout was phenomenal, and, uh, so I'm excited to try ours. Our, uh, our big boy. Yeah, that one's great.
1: Delicious. Absolutely. And, and this is exactly what I'm about to crack and uh, share with you guys right now. This is the noise reduction oatmeal stout. But it's a different one because it's nitro. And uh, I normally always, 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 whenever I do... Interviews like this, I always use my branded glassware. Nice, but you can't do that with a nitro stead. You know, you got you got to do a hard, vigorous pour. So I'm going to do that now. While I do that, and I hope I don't spill it everywhere. If <laughs> I do, it will be funny. Um, take me to your first beer, Mike. Do you remember the first beer that you ever drank?
3: It was Black Label from my father. The Black Label was like a shitty, you know, kind of adjunct light lager. Um, that I believe I think came out of Canada actually, but my dad was originally from Canada, and so Black Label was the first beer I ever had in my you know had in my system, and I, I can't say I was a huge fan of it at the time.
1: No, nope, Black Label sucks, and it is from Canada, hundred percent right <laughs> yeah. there. How about you, Trevor? Do you remember that first beer?
3: I do. Um, my first one ever
0: in high school. Um, my friends and I went to a place called the Pit. And there's a town next to ours, the town was Linfield, Mass. And my buddy, who ended up becoming the guitar player in my first band, um, buddy Chuck, he brought um, a 12-pack of MGD. And we had a few beers by a fire, and it was, it was great. And I, I have a soft spot for Miller really genuine draft to this day, just because of the first beer I ever drank. It's not my favorite, but I'm a craft beer guy entirely, but, you know, it's... If I if I have it, it's it's um, it's, it's good memories.
1: It's that nostalgia. It's, it's like going back to the, the the first bands you listened to. There's there's even if your palate for music has evolved since then, there's always that weird little warmth that makes you want to go back to it and listen to it and enjoy it and taste it again. <laughs> Most definitely. How about the, that first craft beer, the one that changed everything, the one that changed your mind? You you go with this first, Trevor.
0: Uh, well, I was lucky enough to have Sam Adams here, so for for us that means. You know, you can't really call it. You can't equate it to the, the craft beer that's going on around now. But you know, talking about when I was growing up, my early twenties, St. Adams was, was good. So I liked, I liked all the beer. I liked, I liked Killians when I was younger. You know, when I, just to branch to outside of the the regular, you know, Budweisers Miller's and Coors. It was, you know, I was trying different stuff. So that for me was my introduction to tasting something different. But what I'm going to say is the, fir- the first IPA that got me to really change my mind on beer, because, of course, I drank those beers. They, they were delicious. But I wouldn't consider myself uh, almost you know, only an exclusive beer drinker at that point. Um, and then I tried Dogfish 60-Minute IPA. And I was like, what is this flavor that's so different than everything else? Because I've had Harpoon IPA, which, you know, it's a fine beer, but it doesn't taste like this. And... Um, <clears throat> Now, sixty minute is now almost like the the beginner IPA for me. So uh, I'm just I keep on trying to, you know, different you know variety packs of different IPAs. Um, I've, I've gone I've, I've dipped into sours and stouts and, and porters, but I keep on coming back to the um, IPAs and doubles. Um, and that's just what my palate likes.
1: Absolutely, and you're from Boston, so the haze. Game is just so, so on fire from there. So, so, there's no, you know,
0: it's insane. It's, and I like, so my, my band jokes that, you know, I'm a beer snob now, which I was never really a beer guy for years. And uh, I've gone around the world looking for, you know, hazy IPAs. And it's, it's, it's like an inside joke with us. But the world is catching up. Most of the world does have quality. Hazy eye peasy.
1: Absolutely. And it's a, it's a true pleasure on tour to go in and find that rare gem. And you're, you're in Germany and you're like, another Pilsner. oh, And then, and then finally you find some haze and it's, it's, it's awesome.
0: <laughs> I remember Buzz, my, my guitar player, he, he got into the craft beer game before I did. And I remember it was like 2012 or 13. And he was really bummed out on tour about the beers. Like I hate the beer. I'm like, what are you talking about? We're in Europe. you get great beer, man. And he was really upset about it. And fast forward two years, and I figured out why. I was like, "Oh man, he's used, he's already in the craft game, and so you get burnt out in the pilsners." Uh, I do like a good pilsner, but after you know day after day on
3: tour, it's, it's a bit much. So, I,
1: Mike, how about you? That first craft beer that changed everything?
3: I think I think it was Magic Hat number nine. So I used to go snowboarding up in uh, in at Killington and Mount Snow and. My, my My dad, uh, when he moved to the u s he was in uh, Exeter, New Hampshire, so we would go up to visit that area a lot, and we would you know do kind of snow snow shit um, in the surrounding states and whatnot and um, and Mount snow and what so but in I remember distinctly in Killington that there was this beer I, I forget where it was some restaurant had this magic hat number nine. And my sister got it and let me have some. And Magic Hat is like uh it was really an early fruited ale. You know, there weren't a lot of beers doing raspberry kind of infused ales at that time. I mean, that was like Trev said, that was, you know, the 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 base IPAs, Sierra Nevada pale ale was big. Um, you know, uh brown ales were big. Of course, Guinness was was always there but magic cat you know for for a kind of a younger dude who was not sure he liked beer at the time you add fruit to it and all of a sudden it becomes like it's well this is almost not even like beer it's literally like <laughs> taking liquor and then pouring in orange juice like vodka was tough to drink but a uh, screwdriver was great you know that you know when you were when you were younger you didn't understand the nuances of the liquor so it was probably magic cat number 9 um and uh but, uh, you know, like you, you mentioned Beer Snob, Trevor. We, our band was, st- was strictly a high-life band. Even at the end when we were, you know, when I owned the brewery and we had access to all the best beer, when we were sitting in our trailer, which we called the Vatican because it was like, oh, these, you know, all, all, you know, our rules and it's our own little city-state, we had high-life on top of high-life on top of high-life um, because we never really got away from that easy-to-drink, can have a lot of them and still be able to play you know, as you know, in metal, you kind of have to make sure you are somewhat able to play the stuff that you're trying to play. And so we we, we just stayed with High Life, and um, and to this day, I'll probably get crucified, but I don't fucking care. You know, it's been one of those days. We have a 30 pack of High Life in our walk-in, so we've got all this crazy craft beer, <laughs> and then we've got at least one 30 pack of High Life, if not more, um, that we'll dip into periodically Keep because sometimes you just don't want all of the adjuncts and all of... Well, that is adjunct. You don't want all the fruit. You don't want all the crazy shit. You don't want all the yeast from a beard. And you don't want, uh, you know, triple sour double dry hop with this and this and this and this. You just want something easy and memorable. And so High Life is our, is our jam.
1: The champagne of beer. It is. <laughs> this is amazing. Thanks, man. Like, Thank you. It's, it's amazing. Super multi-bite i love it and we're, I love we're it. a I love stout
3: it. like we stouts are our favorite things to make russian imperial stouts are cool. our, probably our favorite beer to make and stouts in general so that's why when we were thinking up this this uh well it wasn't a collab at the time when we were thinking up this beer we wanted it to be a stout
1: very cool yeah i wanted to dive right into that right now uh black hearts now rain this collaborative stout between you guys and on earth uh, the russian imperial stout with white chocolate uh, all of the proceeds are going to the ACLU for Philly and Boston. Uh, tell me about how all of this came together. How exactly did this collab come to life?
3: Well, we so our bar manager is a guy named Reese Dunlap, who was, the, was actually the singer um, in our band, the band that we that I was in when we met Trevor and Unearthed.
1: What, what, what band name was that? I, everyone. Uh,
3: the band's name Beyond Dishonor. And uh, we were a pretty heavily multicultural band besides me. Um, so we had uh, uh, we our, our Reese's black guy. Um, we had a guitar player named Wes, and he was a, of mixed race. We had an Hispanic bass player, and we really kind of tackled race head on from Reese's perspective. We kind of followed you know me and and Mark, who's the other guy in the band. Um, we the other other white guy in the band. We we sort of followed their lead in terms of we're not in a position to understand what's going on from a racial perspective Um, but we know that we want to be a part of whatever they feel strong about and so our band really tackled race pretty hard so when all of what happened with um, George Floyd and even before that but when the George Floyd thing hit um, clearly it was a you know it was a lightning rod for the entire world and, and the United States too but there was immediately uh, uh, some collabs that were going around the country, and one of them was called Black is Beautiful, which was great. And it was from, a, 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 obviously, a, a, a black gentleman um, who owned a brewery who kind of came up with this idea, give the recipe to different breweries and let them do it. So we had gone to Reese and said, hey, you know, we want to be a part of something here. We want to do something, make a statement, use our platform. What What do you want us to do? And his response at the time was, I want us to keep doing what we're doing and not jump on any other thing. And when the time is right, I want us to do something that's our own. Um, because that's kind of how we've always been. We were that way as a band. And, uh, and so we said, okay, we're going to follow your lead. So when we got to the time where, um, you know, I think kind of the powder keg was hitting after the Floyd stuff, um, we went to Reese again and said, you know, what, what's your thoughts? And he said, I have this idea. This is what I'd like to do. But I'd like to connect it to music somehow because we're such a musically inclined brewery. So, you know, what I want to do, he told us a beer idea. And he said, you know, I, and I said, okay, that, that sounds awesome. Like, let's do it. And I said, you know, what are you thinking for the charity? He said, um, I think ACLU is the right one. They're just a the great, it's a really good organization. They, you know, they don't pigeonhole themselves in one area. They, they really are a multifaceted uh, support group and so he said, I said what are you thinking about for the name and the branding and he said well I'm kind of thinking of either calling it Darkness in the Light or Black Hearts Now Rain and I'm like I'm on the phone with him like so we're just we're going to just make an unearthed beer is that what we're doing here and he's like, <laughs> he's like yeah he's like you know it just you know it makes sense and he and he conceptually had an idea for what he wanted to do our graphic designer Mark who's the guitar player of the band the other white guy I was talking about so we're on a call we're all talking about it at the end of the call I said um you know what like I, this is stupid but I'm just going to text Trevor from on and see if he remembers me um and just throw it out there and see if he's interested so I texted him do you
1: want to do you want to pick up this story Trevor do you remember that text
3: I do remember the text and uh what's funny
0: is we've been kind of eager to get in the beer game for a long time but we we haven't been approached at all and we're not going to you know force anyone to make a beer for us and then Mike hit me up with the idea, and I was I was I was honestly blown away with with the idea behind it, uh, just because of the whole climate in America right now, and, and just around the world, and um, it just seems like that the the appropriate way to to lend our voices to to you know the troubles that we're all seeing, um, and it's it's it seems like it's almost a daily occurrence at this point, point. Um, and it's been happening for a long time. You just turn on the news and you see. Um, the things that are happening, the inequalities that are, that are happening, and just the, the injustice, and it was—it's it's been upsetting for all of us. And to be part of something that can uh, raise awareness, continue the conversation, and to donate to the ACLU was a, a, a no-brainer for us. If you know to, to be included with a bunch of cool, cool, cool guys that we did a lot of shows with, you know, about five, six years ago, uh, so we had a relationship with. It was—it um, was something that we were, we were excited to uh, jump into without with, without any questions asked.
1: That's amazing. And this beer is going to be dropping on November 21st, which is tomorrow, people, because you guys got to go get this beer. Uh, it's a Broken Gobble Brewing. Where can people get the beer, uh, Mike?
3: So I have a feeling that it's going to be a uh, like a, there's going to be a huge push just based on the the messages and the social media kind of presence. So right now, it's only available at the brewery in uh, right outside of Philadelphia, where we are if there's any left, we may put some up for our statewide shipping, just so people... But I, I got a message yesterday from somebody who's driving four hours to get it. So, um, wow. you know, that's that's damn near three-quarters of the state of Pennsylvania. So whether we need to ship or not, I'm not sure, but um, we'll see. And then this is just the first batch of this. I mean, and, and uh, Trevor, you could probably speak to the stuff that we talked about with Slow, but, you know, we have ideas to sort of spread this out a bit and then... Uh, and then, obviously, we, we would like to rebrew it here again at a larger scale.
0: Yeah, we're talking to other breweries um, about uh, getting that, that distro that's, that's needed for independent breweries. Um, and we have, have one up here. Uh, our old bass player, uh, John Maggard, uh, nicknamed Slow, he works at a brewery, so we're in talks with them. Um, but, you know, nothing's nothing is uh, solid yet, but it's, just, it's something that we're working on to get it it's up Very
1: there. cool. So it would be like the Black is Beautiful, but the black hearts now reign, going from brewery to brewery
3: yeah we would give him the recipe and give the brewery the recipe and then they would just make it you know put their own branding on it but that that would solve all of the interstate troubles with trying to get beer you know i i tried and it's i had some conversations and they're still ongoing with night shift who's up in in the massachusetts um and that's still happening but we're it's so hard with the rules that are in place to ship beer that you know we needed to find somebody to be able to distribute it up there, and this way it would be way cleaner because it's like here's the recipe, here's everything you need, you brew the beer, here's the label art, you know, you just swap out logos and and uh, and it's and it's great because it's a connection to unearth, you know, with uh, with slow.
1: Hmm, absolutely, and it's but it's also that another person putting their their hand in the the pot of the message and spreading. That message into with, you know, more humans involved being good humans and I love that Uh, Let's talk a little bit about music before we started recording. I told Trevor that uh, he looks just as good as that first show I played with him. It was in Montreal Trevor at Lex I don't know if you remember playing Lex with the with the staircase that went up and the people could watch you all the way around We love playing there. Yeah, so
0: that was a big reason why we we enjoyed it. I mean, of course shows in Montreal are always unreal uh, but that uh, venue Lex uh, with the balcony around you, it just felt like everyone was so close to you and they were on top of you, so it just it lent to the underground metal and hardcore vibe um,
1: entirely absolutely I think it, Norma Jean was on that tour as well, and we opened it up my, I think it was either my first or second. In show with like an international touring band so so i i was very excited and it was a lot of fun
0: <laughs> yeah that that venue is, is unreal i'm I'm bummed it's gone um but there's all kinds of great venues to play in and uh in montreal looking forward to getting back as soon
1: as possible <laughs> absolutely montreal loves you uh speaking about gigs do you guys remember your first gigs the first time you ever played a show what show would that have been and tell me about that experience you want to you want to take that first trevor
0: Sure. Uh, first time I ever played a gig. Um, I can't even really call it a gig. Uh, it was my birthday party. I think I was turning 15. And it was just my backyard, my parents' house. My parents told the neighbors, you know, it's going to be noisy for about 30 minutes. And it was my, my high school band, and we just played in my backyard. Just to get the cobwebs out, you know, or just uh, the, the jitters out, I should say. And about a month later, we played our first show at, at a, like a <laughs> restaurant. And it, was, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the most glamorous, glamorous first gig, but we built up from there, and uh, would, I mean, you, you played it to no one at first, and then built up pretty quick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I know. I've, I've played my parents' backyard. We got through two, three songs, and the cops pulled up, and that was the end of that gig. It was actually a band practice. Right. What the hell we were <laughs> thinking? <But laughs> Mike, how about you? How about that first time on stage?
3: I was, a, I was late. I, I, didn't, I taught myself how to play the drums in, in college. So um, my first show was with a, I taught myself how to play the drums by watching Don't Laugh at Me. I would watch dream theater videos that would always focus on Mike Portnoy. And, and I would watch him and I would just watch it and rewatch it. And I set a TV up next to the drums so I could watch it and watch it. So I, I basically learned how to play really complicated polyrhythmic drumming. But at that time, nobody was like, there was nobody wanted to start a band like that. So I joined a beatdown hardcore band, and uh, we played a VFW in New Jersey. It was the very first show we ever played, um, and it, I'm sure it was a clusterfuck. I don't really remember all of the details of it, but it was everything you'd expect about a VFW show in the early 2000s. Um, probably, the, you know, not that many people. They were only there to see their friends. They didn't give a shit about you, and they hoped that you that you suck so they could throw stuff at you. But I do remember it distinctly. Um, I do remember it distinctly. And we covered a Slayer song, and I remember the guy, like the janitor or the custodian or somebody, that was sort of overseeing it, um, didn't have a problem with any other band music, but when we played, I I, I don't know what we played. We might have played Hellawates or I don't know what we played. But I just sort of distinctly remember this guy being really offended visually. So your first show, you're all nervous, and I'm like looking at, him watching this guy. And he's just eyeing us up, like we're like he's gonna pull the plug on us and the 14 people that are watching. So I remember that. That that was my one vivid first show memory.
1: That's hilarious.
3: You don't know which Slayer cover you played? Uh, I think it was Hell Awaits, but we also used to do a cover that was like Angel of Death, South of Heaven, and I had a whole bunch of songs that we had written into a. A medley because I was a prog guy. So I'm like, it's got, it's got to be a medley. It's got to be 11 minutes long. You know, it's got to showcase every talent that I've taught myself in the last three years. But, you know, we're like a, you know, it was a hardcore band that covered. We, we were all over the place. It was, you know, it, I didn't really find myself until Dude, my, I got in the, the band that I was in for the long time. But my, my first band
0: had a medley, a medley too and it had, had a dead, dead skin mask in it.
3: Oh, ah, that's a good one. It had it started
0: with Paranoid. Dead Skin Mask and then uh, th-
3: Thunder Sixty Five. No. We were we were just playing that at the brewery the other night. So loud! Um, it's the old the old Rob Zombie stuff, man. The White Zombie stuff. Should have been, been in Boston, man, because my uh,
0: my first uh, first two bands, uh, a great friend of mine, uh, Paul Paul De, De Benedictus. Um, he went to Berkeley, and so after high school, uh, you know, our band broke up, and he went to Berkeley, and I was at a different school, and we were looking to start a new band together. And so we put up the flyers all around. And um, everyone's like, you know, we, we want to start a metal hardcore thing. And everyone's like, oh, is it like Dream Theater? Like, <laughs> no. No, not at all. No. <laughs> no, like Earth Crisis,
3: Shia Lude. You know, yeah. Kind of like that. Like, They're like, what? What are you talking about? Oh, my God. It's it's like Dream Theater, but with a Vision of Disorder vibe. And also the songs <laughs> exactly. were this short. Yeah.
0: Just like that.
1: I wanted to talk about being a metal brewery and uh, roping Trevor's experience on the road and exploring breweries and stumbling across metal breweries. Why exactly did you open a metal-themed brewery, Mike?
3: <laughs> I, well, I, the, the truth is I didn't. We didn't. Um, we, like, if you look at all of our presence and uh, How do I put this? There are certain breweries in the country that are metal, and when you walk in, the whole place is painted black, and there's some, you know obscure you know the 14th track on a swallow the sun record playing and and it's and it's awesome to me it's awesome and to my friends it's awesome but you know the artwork is is you know evil and aggressive and whatnot and then there's some breweries that are not like that because like us we we realize that the our like financially especially in the area that we're in right here our biggest most Well, spend or you know, high spending clientele are not interested in metal. So we made a conscious decision that even though we were opening as metalheads, we were going to be more accessible, but we were going to be known as the metal brewery that doesn't look like it's metal. So there's breweries around the country like Adroit Theory and Wake and True and stuff like these guys are. You know, they're metal. When you walk in this place, you're, with the exception of the stage where you know there's music. You're never going to know it's it's what the kind of the connection is, and you know a little piece of me gets kind of bummed out about that because I do see some dudes that walk in with like an acacia strain shirt on or something, and I'm like, you know, I gravitate as an owner towards them and I want to talk to them, but I know that you know if they were walking in and everything was painted black and there was like blood red curtains on the walls and stuff, they would probably be more into it. But when they walk in first, they're like, why I don't really you know. I don't, I don't know, this place, I heard it was a metal spot. Then when the, then, you know, when then some sort of old school metal tune comes on, the music, or you see our, you know, our bartender is wearing a Shai shirt. It's one of his favorite bands. Um, the, you'll see them start to get quiz, you know, inquisitive and be like, what's going on with this place? So we, we didn't open a metal spot, but uh, we wanted to be connected with metal as much as we could. And so it's kind of worked out because we, you know, we have a great following of people that the last thing they want to hear is me get up and play a set of deathcore music, but at the same time they they love it here, and so we we try to kind of walk a line. If that makes sense,
1: very interesting. And how about you, Trevor? Uh, in all your touring experience, have you ever been surprised to have stumbled across a metal brewery that you weren't aware of? Something cool like that.
0: Uh, there's a place in Ottawa. Um, I don't believe it's a brewery. It's a, it's more of a restaurant. It's a bar. Uh, it's called the Coven, and that place uh, is awesome. Uh, they have a, the the, the metal themed uh, sandwiches and, and just any kind of dish you want. And it's it, it's funny because it's something that we've had an idea of for years. They just something we joke about on the road about you know naming certain you know dishes after bands like the Dillinger Escape Clam, uh, the Black <laughs> Dahlia Burger, you know stuff like that. You know it's, it's, it's when you're in the van for a long time, it's just it's just endless the possibilities. Um, it's starting him in after records and stuff. But uh, that place is great. The, uh, that burger may, may have been the best burger I've had in all of Canada. Um, it was really really good, uh, and the beer that they had there was fantastic as well. It was, it was a cool spot. So other than that, I mean, we live you know in in the Boston area. There's not a lot of metal themed you know breweries or restaurants out here. Um, there is a lot of catering. Like like Mike said, there, there's a lot of catering to the clientele they're in the area, so unfortunately we don't get to see it um, out here. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm, I would gladly go into uh, a metal themed, you know, restaurant. There's a place in Japan uh, in Osaka called the Rock Rock that is a metal themed bar, but it's not, it's not it's not a brewery. That's it's it's a pretty pretty unreal spot. to,
1: to go very to. cool, very good. And yes, absolute huge shout out to Medi, the owner of that ottawa burger joint yes called the coven with a k and there actually is a cryptopsy burger oh <laughs> let's wrap this up with a classic vox and hops wrap-up question uh, it probably never happens to you guys because you're you're very controlled individuals and you know what's going on and you know how to handle yourselves but every once in a while it happens to everyone what is your hangover cure
0: uh there's real no cure like there's, there's no real cure for when it's really bad besides trying to sleep and pound water um, but if it's one of the ones that you can deal with, then it's usually, you know, an egg, egg and cheese sandwich and, um, a lot of iced coffee.
1: How about you, Mike?
3: Um, I'm coffee and Bloody Marys. Bloody Marys are what get me through some rough, rough mornings, <laughs> but coffee too. It's <laughs> Coffee's crucial, but yeah.
1: I love it. I love it. Everybody, please go to Broken Goblet Brewing tomorrow. Pick up the Black Hearts now Rain. Russian Imperial Stout brewed with white chocolate. All of the proceeds will be going towards the ACLU for Philly and Boston. Uh if I could be there, I would be there. But I'm not allowed to come into your country just yet. <laughs> <laughs> I am super, super stoked to have had the chance to have a chat with you guys. Uh massive cheers and I greatly appreciate you guys being with
3: me. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys.
1: Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. What a great chat. I really, really, really stand behind this Black Hearts Now Rain collaborative brew. I love the reason that they made it. I love the message behind it. And the Vox and Hops podcast supports that 1000%. As I mentioned in the intro... That disclaimer, this episode was recorded on November 10th. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should absolutely go and subscribe to it on the podcast platform of your choice because there are over 200 Vox and Hops episodes just like this one that you can go back and enjoy. But not only that, you should go rate and write a review for the podcast because if you do that, more people just like you will discover the Vox and Hops podcast. Vox and Hops is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I hope you guys have a great weekend. I hope you get to relax and enjoy some time. I hope that you, if you live up here in Montreal, are coming out to La Canette or heading over to Overhop Canada in Saint-Jean-sur-la-Dichelieu to pick up the Vox and Hops Overhop Canada Collaborative Brew. The double dry hopped New England IPA called Vox and Overhops is now available and you should absolutely go pick it up and enjoy it. I know that I shall be doing that. I'll be back next week with two episodes, but in until Until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hopsheads. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA Podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that.